The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Hello and welcome to the Massage Podcast, episode 15 on, I'm sorry, episode 17 <laughs> on 16. 16, 16, 16. Do over. No. Um, on March 17th. Happy I'm your, Patty's I know. <laughs> We've already started drinking. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Dawn Adkins, along with Elaine Kalenda, our massage guru, and our um, producer and brains behind this operation, Jorge Cisneros. We are a little podcast talking about massage, everything that you can think of, which we've discovered are, are there are many, 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 many things to talk about. Uh, taxes, insurance, schooling, different types of body work. And um, you can find us at massagepodcast.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail or a text message, please do so at 303-656-9860 and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Today we have a very special guest, Brandon Drulard. He is an acupuncturist and he is also an herbalist, a massage therapist, and a martial arts instructor. He is also teaching classes at the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine. He also teaches a type of body work called Twina, which is something I think we're going to be covering in this episode of Massage Podcast. Brandon, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you and tell us how you got started in the entire world of body work and such. Great. Well, thank you, Don. I really appreciate that and uh, having the opportunity to, to share my experiences with all of you. Um, originally, I was from San Diego, where I got into martial arts, and back in 1995, I studied at the, the Shingi Martial Arts Institute with Mike Patterson, and through there, over the course of a couple of years, I got into tournament fighting, so full contact fighting in tournaments that were held uh, yearly, and some every four years. So, you know, needless to say, a lot of injuries had happened. Um, and the best way to stay on the road to recovery, I found, was getting in body work. And a lot of my instructors had already gone to acupuncture school. They were massage therapists as well. And instead of having to wait in the lines at the hospitals and get medication and offered surgeries, I was able to get uh, treatment right away with results right away. And that's what really? led me in the direction of uh, the martial arts, acupuncture, and, you know, all the uh, really? wow, things that, that come with that. That's fascinating. Is, was there a bone setter on hand? Uh, yeah, actually, all of them have been because, trained in yeah. bone setting. Yeah, that to right. me is fascinating, mm -hmm. and that, and you know, for a lot of these types of injuries, the sooner the better. Correct. Yeah, right. the longer you have a joint out of socket, yeah. obviously, the worse it's going to be in the, the long run. The more muscle spasm, the mm -hmm. more Novocaine they have to give you, and then oh my goodness, mm -hmm. it's it's a traditional thing, isn't it, to have a bone setter on hand at the dojos where martial arts are practiced? Yeah, I think it. At most martial arts schools, you're going to have somebody who knows about myofascia, tendon, ligament, and bone as mm -hmm. well. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you look like such a nice guy for being a martial artist. <laughs> How old were you when you started? He's bad. Martial- trust uh, me. That's the thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. Well, uh, let's see, 1990. Well, I'm 38 now. Okay. So uh, we can all do the math from there. I think it was right in, in, my, uh, in my 20s. In your at that 20s? Time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So um, that introduced you to a world of um, um, alternatives and certainly the martial arts um, deal with a lot of, you know, chi, energy, mm-hmm. and and um, holding that space, so to speak. So um, then what led, then how did you pursue your studies from there to actually become a, a therapist? Okay, well, I came to a crossroad in my life. Everything that I had normally done, uh, you know, I, I had worked for the city government of San Diego for about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like everything was uh, kind of dialed in. There wasn't a whole lot of questions and there wasn't a lot of challenge in my life at that time. Uh, I was going through college as well. I went to undergrad in San Diego State. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, when I walked into the school, I realized there was an energy there, some things that I couldn't really comprehend. It wasn't tangible. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is a great avenue for me to explore something completely new. And that's what really led me into martial arts. There was this energy there. And mm-hmm. it seemed to be this universal energy that affected all of us. And a lot of people that I had met were completely closed off to that. Uh-huh. And so I thought this was an avenue I needed to explore. And it ended up just becoming a lifelong career path for me. I ended up changing my whole career, uh, enroll. Well, actually, I took a, a month and a half, went traveling. And while I was gone, I discovered that my calling was in body work. I didn't know exactly what that would entail or where it would start. But I knew that when I got back from my trip that I was going to look into massage therapy. And when I started looking at different programs, I realized that there's many different levels. And at some of the higher levels was, you know, acupuncture, uh, oriental medicine. There was a lot of depth to that. And it correlated directly with the martial arts that I was studying. Mm-hmm. Um, Where did you go on that trip? went to Australia. Australia? Yeah, by myself. And I did a lot of exploring. I actually went skydiving. I took a couple of surfboards and explored up the coastline of uh, northeast Australia. Uh, we went cave exploring. Oh. You know, I did a lot of different things to really find out what, where, what I'm made of and where I need to go. Fantastic. Well, I'm surprised you. you didn't get into Australian physical therapy. <laughs> you know, that's a big thing over there. It was tempting. Yeah. yeah. It's really wonderful, the, the, the body work that comes out of Australia, too. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so that you decided to become an acupuncturist. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and as I worked uh, in, in the beginning, you know, my main emphasis was massage. And so that's what I really focused on in the beginning of the program was massage therapy. So after the course of a year... Um, I was able to get licensed and start practicing while I was going to acupuncture school to learn about moxibustion or burning mugwort to generate heat in the body. Right. Uh, and where was this school? Uh, the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, San Diego. San yeah. Diego. Yeah. Nice and town, yeah. Yeah, it was a great place. Great mm-hmm. place to learn. This is where yeah. you got the Twina training as well. Yeah. So while I was learning Twina and circulatory massage and these different methods, I was also learning cupping, moxibustion. and. Cool. Uh, you know, different ways to affect the body to to get the results that we're looking for. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you know, I think there's some people out there who don't know exactly what Twina is. That how I'm pronouncing pronunciation, yeah, pe- right? People pronounce it either Twina or Twina. Twina. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's. I don't. I think a lot of people really know what that is. It. It sounds like fun. <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe you can enlighten oh, yes. us a little bit as okay. to what the spot type of body work is. Sure, sure. I, I would consider myself still, you know, a rookie at it. You know, that it's something that's a lifelong progressive mm. art. Um, Twaina is really, it translates into to push and to pull. And if you, 
if you're in body work, you know that the body responds to different types of stimulus like uh, sound, touch, temperature, pressure. Mm. So there's different ways that we can affect the body to get to get it to heal itself or regulate itself. And Twain is really just a series of different techniques that you use uh, to create a different wave pattern in the body. And by doing that, uh, you establish balance in you know the musculoskeletal system, but also the organ systems and the energy pathways in the body. So it's definitely um, addressing the same meridians that are addressed in acupuncture as well. Correct. Yeah, uh, uh, Twaina is one of the the primary aspects of Oriental medicine. When they, people talk about traditional Oriental medicine, mm-hmm. it'll involve Twaina. Twaina is a big part of it. In fact, in China, they have hospitals that are set up just for Twaina. Uh, and, and they're going to have practitioners who do um, different massage techniques like pushing techniques, uh, suppressing techniques, rolling techniques, different ways to affect the nervous system to get the body to relax, to get the blood and the chi to circulate through the meridian pathways. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the same meridian or what we call zong fu theory that is used in acupuncture. And mm-hmm. it goes hand in hand with that and herbal medicine. Mm-hmm. My experience of the little uh, few sessions of Twina I've experienced is that it really takes its time, which is what I like about it. My practitioner would spend, I don't what seemed like five minutes just doing one part of uh, a paraspinal muscle, mm-hmm. and it really allowed me to uh, relax and to like to really let it take its course in whatever time it took. It's, there's no rush to it, which is very nice. You know, it was very uh, relaxing, but also um, very balancing because of that, mm-hmm. you know. So I've had very good experience with it so far, and I've had diverse treatments of it. One was uh, with a chiropractor who also practiced traditional Chinese medicine, obviously had studied in China and learned Twina techniques. And another where it was mixed with sort of Hawaiian techniques, and the woman sung at me, and it was all very soothing, nurturing type of session. And so I imagine that it also has its varieties uh, depending on practitioners and schools. I mean, is it taught all over China? It is, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's really becoming a lot more accepted here in mm-hmm. America. Right. Um, I think most people have heard of it now, you know, and right. I think that really got accepted here in the United States back in the 70s right. where TCM, uh, which include all those other modalities we already spoke about, but mm-hmm. Uh, the Twaina has grown in a lot of popularity just because of the results that you get. And it's not the same for everybody. The sessions are always different. It's tailored to the individual that day where they're at. Mm-hmm. And do they ask the same uh, practitioner, um, ask the same kind of intake questions as traditional Chinese medicine practitioners, you know, to get your, will they do a HADA check and, and ask you about um, mental, emotional, spiritual, physical yeah, this well, type of they, intake. they don't, uh, if you're beginning in Twaina, say you just got a Twaina certificate, mm-hmm. chances are you don't have a lot of background in pulse taking or diagnostics. Right. Uh, you, you'll learn more about palpation, observation, auscultation, you know, listening and things like that to the body, to the sounds the person makes. But when it comes to the deeper diagnostic levels, I don't think massage therapists can actually do that. Mm-hmm. Until you're an acupuncturist, then you can actually formulate a, a diagnosis. As but, part of your plan of care? Correct, okay. yeah. But as a Twainaw practitioner, I think it's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. As you go to seminars and workshops and get your continued educational credits, you can take pulse workshops. You mm-hmm. can take tongue seminars and start to add 
to your tool belt, so to speak. So you can, there's many, many, many levels of Twena. I see. But mm-hmm. it seems like that even just after a beginning class, it still seems like the, the technique and the type of work is can still be really effective, even though the massage therapist may not know exactly the details and the depth of, like you said, what what's going on. Right. Yeah. You're going to understand the general concepts behind chi and blood and yin and yang and hot and cold and damp and dryness in the body mm-hmm. and how to affect it by using specific points on specific meridian channels. And you're going to understand the big points. Mm-hmm. You're going to understand that this one clears heat, that this one supports the kidneys, and you're gonna be able to strengthen organ systems or clear out excess in maybe the shoulder and the neck and bring it down to the feet along the same channel pathway. So you'll know how to do that much assessment so that your treatment makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah balance. Go. You wanna find the balance in the treatment. Now, does the, the work happen only along the spine or does it all, all over the body? body. Or? Twena is a lot different than most Western types of massage because you're not only treating the somatic symptoms, meaning treating locally in an area, which in, in most forms of medicine, the spine is kind of the root of the body. Everything branches off that. So yeah, you can just treat the spine, but for the most part, you're going to want to balance the treatment by treating distally as well. So locally, the somatic signs and symptoms, but also look at any underlying deficiency or excess in any organ systems or energy pathways in the body. So she was mentioning the Hara earlier, mm-hmm. and I know, uh, you know, we took a lot of shiatsu in massage, in massage school here at, at Boulder, and so we did a lot of uh, Hara assessment. Does that happen in traditional Chinese medicine? Is there, you know, the... the it's a five-element theory. Is Right, but I just, I don't know, for some reason I thought that uh, the same assessment didn't happen in, in traditional Chinese medicine as it does with shiatsu. Yeah, Hara is is very often used. It is, And some people use it more than others, um, but it's always something that you want to refer back to. And, you know, there's not a whole lot of difference between shiatsu and twena massage. Shiatsu is Japanese style. Mm -hmm. Uh, Twena is your Chinese style. Mm -hmm. You know, so... The techniques are different, though. uh, Techniques are very similar, but a little bit different as well. Yeah, I think the shiatsu has more finger pressure, pressure Mm -hmm. in and out, and you're moving a lot. Twena has... Uh, more hand techniques, elbow techniques, things like that. I'm not mm. saying that shiatsu doesn't as well, but mm-hmm. there is a little bit of a variation there. Um, but Yeah, it depends un- on the type of, there's so many types of shiatsu. Yeah, yeah, but underlying it is the same basic principles of the, the qi and the blood or the qi and mm-hmm. the energy systems and the meridians of the zongfu organs. Mm-hmm. And what, you know, what I find really very interesting about Tui Na is the way they use their hands. There is a lot of variety in it, and there's a lot of... Uh, Fast and slow, and this is rhythmic, and and I think one of the more unique things that that has been brought here anyway to America is the uh, uh, practitioners I've seen. Um, they use the back of the hand and the knuckles mm-hmm. in this very nice, soothing, rhythmical way. Right, that's called rolling. Rolling uh, the rolling technique, mm-hmm. and again, you know, we're basically with a rolling technique. If you're the receiver, you're going to feel like there's a rolling pin on your back. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the practitioner's absolutely actually uh, using um, the uh, fifth knuckle and rolling across the top of the hand. And so it creates a rolling energetic, much uh, like a wave effect mm-hmm. into the body. Really good for soft tissue. It's really good for joints. It's really good to help generate tissue as well after recovering from an injury. And mm-hmm. uh, just the... Um little bit of that I've received. I mean, the practitioner has to have good rhythm and they have to have staying power, which is another thing. I mean, I, I you know, you had to do that for quite a while in one spot there. And um, I know that some of the um, 
the the concerns that some students have had was that you know I don't have the rhythm for it and I don't but this can be all learned true oh absolutely it is a, a something that takes some time it mm-hmm. takes patience it takes practice and you you have to learn to let go a little bit too to to find your rhythm everybody's technique is always going to be a little bit different from somebody else even though we're practicing the same style mm-hmm. and you know I think this was where it goes back to your qigong your your meditation mm-hmm. you know and Understanding the awareness of your own body and the type of energy that you're putting out into another person uh, and, and to think about what they're receiving on that end. So it, that's something that develops with awareness through practice and time, basically, just like any martial art as just well. Just like any discipline, uh, body work. Yep. yep. And thank you for listening. You're listening to the Massage Podcast. We're here today with Brandon Droulard talking about chi, uh, mostly. He's an <laughs> acupuncturist. And a martial arts instructor, and he does teach a class two times a week. Is there uh, a place somebody can get a hold of you or find out information about these martial arts classes that you're teaching, Brandon? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, the the style that I teach is called Xing Yi. And it's spelled a couple of different ways: X I N G Y I or H S I N G dash I. Uh, my teacher's website is actually shingy.com. You can find a lot of information there. So I'm teaching that style here in Denver. It translates directly across to the Oriental Medicine and the Twena. And uh, my contact info is brandon at bdacupuncture.net. There you go. In case anybody's interested in cultivating their chi. Yes. Um, there's definitely we'll, many, many ways to do it. And Brandon's class is definitely one of them. Yeah. We'll put that info on our um, website as well. I have one question for you. How long does it take for any body worker who, who would like to learn to go through a training? Uh, well, the classes that I teach at the Colorado School of Traditional Chinese Medicine are a whole trimester. So uh, you're looking at about 15 weeks. It's just to give you really a basic understanding of what Twainaw really is and to get the tools to start practicing. I think like Elaine had mentioned, it, it takes time to figure out the techniques. So once you learn the fundamentals or the basics, then you have a starting block to where you can actually start experimenting with these techniques, putting together protocols. And, you know, you can always take other supplementary classes on Twena and specific regions of the body for maybe the head and the neck, maybe the shoulder and the elbow. Are there, can someone, can one just take Twena at the class? Can they just go through the Twena program or do they have to go through the entire acupuncture program? I think... I believe at our college that it's just for students who are enrolled in the program, mm-hmm. although some massage schools, uh, I don't know which ones in particular here in, in Denver, uh, will just offer uh, TCM-type massage programs as okay. well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can find classes in Tui now, but, well, you know, uh, I think, if you know, depending on how, how long you've been practicing and what your inclination is, I mean, not everybody... Um, you know, is going to fall right into traditional Chinese medicine type of body work unless they're interested in it and they have the patience for it and they have some, maybe some basic understanding of the five element theory, yin yang and and study of qi, you know. And I think a lot of schools are covering the basics now for it so that people can pass their national exams. But beyond (laughs) that, some people don't get into it. But the ones who are drawn to it, you know, they're the ones who pursue and, um, you know, I live with somebody, um, you know, Beck Stevens, who was on the show a few weeks ago. She has studied, she has spent more time, more money studying with Pauline Sazaki and uh, really cultivating her knowledge of uh, Zen Shiatsu in particular. And to to the point now where she's stu- working with quantum 
shiatsu. You know what I mean? It's like above and beyond. I hear her talking about things. I hear her doing things over the telephone. I'm going to leave Earth and work on you from space. On the telephone and things like that, you know, over the phone she's doing stuff. So, I mean, you know, um, for this type of thing, this is something that I'm so happy that Americans are finally opening themselves up enough to understand that you don't just take a short course in any of these traditional Mm -hmm. Chinese medicine theories or practices and call yourself a practitioner in two, three months. So you were talking earlier about, you know, how, how long you've been involved in, in uh, traditional Chinese medicine, basically, and all in this type of body work. But, um, you know, it, it's not something that you um, learn in six or nine months and get certified. And then you're on your, you know, they, it does require, because I think of the theory and the sense and the, intrinsic sensitivities that one must develop is this would you agree absolutely the, the, the techniques are very very fairly simple in their own except it when you're starting to apply them to people everybody responds a little bit differently and the thing that i like about twain and much like all massage therapy is that you're assessing the client while you're providing a, a form of therapy um, I think what makes everybody an effective practitioner is having different tools in their belt, so to speak. And mm-hmm. every person or job <laughs> so that, so to speak, comes your way, you mm-hmm. have to pull out that appropriate tool to, to be able to provide that appropriate outcome that you're looking for. And Twaina really does provide you with a lot of different techniques, a lot of different ways to approach the body, not only treating locally the symptomatic signs and symptoms, but also the underlying causes that might affect the person, kidney deficiency, spleen right. deficiency. Not that I'm saying that Western techniques don't take into account all of these things, and certainly more and more as time goes by, and we're starting to understand holistic practices more and more. And not that I'm not that I'm saying that we don't um, instill in our students in Western massage techniques that the importance of all those underlying you know things that you have to be sensitive to. I'm just saying that it's traditional Chinese medicine; it's been around you know a few thousand years longer than the 200 years we've had to work with Western techniques. That's all I'm saying. So please, out there, don't give me any, you know, mad emails and stuff like that. That's that's a good point. And and really, I think we're in a world today of integrative medicine. Right. You know, we need to look at both sides of the the coin, so to speak, Uh, the yin and the yang, Mm -hmm. um, the Eastern and the Western, you know. And, you know, I think uh, ultimately you can call it whatever you like. You know, we're looking for results here these days. We want to have health spiritually, mentally, physically, right. and we want everybody around us to have the same thing. Right. So we really have to integrate all these different aspects together. And I'm glad that the term integrative is coming into play and that alternative and complementary is kind of moving out mm-hmm. uh, because it's so much more, um, you know, inclusive to use the word integrative uh, health. So besides someone being afraid of needles, is there are there any... Um, Conditions that you would prefer tween out over acupuncture or one and the same or, you know, what do you feel about that? Well, me personally, Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to integrate all of it together. So I might use rolling technique. I might use my grasping technique. I might use effleurage and petrissage. I might use squeezing and, you know, tweaking a muscle or plucking. Uh, So it, it really, you have to integrate it all together. I think... Uh, Twaina by itself, if I was just to use Twaina, mm. really what we're looking at are nervous system disorders. Mm. Um, Twaina is awesome, very, very effective for the nervous system. Mm. 
In fact, in my therapy, and, and one of the things that turned me on to it in the beginning during classes was it didn't just treat the muscle, it treated my nervous system. And as a result of that, all the muscles that the nerves and the organs innervate, uh, the, uh, the nerves that innervate into the muscles and the organs, they began to relax. And as a result, because we do store emotions in our organs, my emotional state changed. And so how do you feel that is, um, like where would Twina be better than actual acupuncture? You know, do you, oh, okay. yeah. So yeah, I think if, you know, if people are afraid of needles right. and, you know, again, it really just comes down to your own perception of mm. what the experience is. Mm. Okay. Um, it's a great introduction and a transition to a different level and a different form of treatment. Eventually they may find that they want to try acupuncture um, because you're already stimulating these acupuncture, acupressure points using your fingers, which isn't really different than a needle other than it's not going through the skin, you know, but if we can educate our clients and explain to them the theories and the underlying reasons for massage, for twena, for acupuncture, I think they're more likely after they start seeing results to try something different rather mm -hmm. than waiting until they're completely broken down. They've tried every other aspect of medicine and now this is the last result. Yeah. Do you do you just one quick question, yeah. Elaine, and then do you do you feel that twena is just as effective as acupuncture? I think they're complementary to one another. Uh, I, I hate to say that one is better. anything is any better than anything else, right? Because it really depends on where we're at that day and time, All right. and we're always changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's definitely a complementary um, system. Okay. Yeah, I found that you know it's interesting. People, when they when you explain to them how different these needles are from you know the hypodermic needle, mm -hmm. for one thing, and show them to and, and well, as you said, educate them, but they'll they come round and they realize how how marvelously effective acupuncture is. And, and it's one of the reasons why Western medicine has so adopted and uh, more than in other complementary uh, so-called medicines, acupuncture is up there. A lot of MDs studied acupuncture because of that, because they know its effectiveness is, is huge. I mean, I saw a film once where they were eight, uh, five or six uh, uh, Chinese uh, doctors um, putting a woman under, so to speak, you know, using it as anesthesia for her hysterectomy. And she was awake the whole time. We had a few needles in her eyebrows and uh, had tea and everything <laughs> during the <laughs> surgery, you know, with a few acupuncture needles. Now we're talking about the effects of anesthesia and how deadly it is yeah. and how poisonous. Uh, so to me, it's like, wow, if you can just use a few acupuncture needles, it's save time and money. Can you imagine the money, uh, that's spent in your anesthesiologist. Uh, but I think some of that also has to do with the belief system that I don't think there are a lot of Americans that say, I don't want any, I don't want to be awake. I don't want to know anything about it. You know, they give them this drug now where they don't even remember the pre-op procedure. So it's kind of a, a cultural thing. I was gonna, I was gonna segue that into something, and I you go ahead. That's and okay. Elaine like went off into never, never land. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, back to you know, is one better than the other? Is Twaina oh, yeah. better than acupuncture? Not, not now, better, but more uh, effective, so to speak, or so, ca or as effective. Is, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of reminded me of you know how do I educate my clients, my patients, uh, and I, I tell them that you know massage works from the outside inward. I can only get so deep into a, a specific target tissue using my finger, my elbow, mm -hmm. etc. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Acupuncture allows us to access a deeper level in the body to a more specific target tissue. So mm -hmm. if you think of the energy in the body as rivers and, and, and streams, mm -hmm. 
And along the way at these acupressure and acupuncture points, we have little gateways that should be open. Sometimes they close. So everything gets backed up behind it and deficient down below it. So now mm. we're talking about the excess above, the deficiency below. Right. And using acupressure points, we can open up those gateways, open up the pathway to allow the chi, the blood to flow. You know, and acupuncture does the same thing, but access, accessing that that uh, that energy deeper in the body, uh -huh. and that might just be the same thing as releasing a motor point or a trigger point, or you know, a bound up fascia, mm -hmm. uh, relaxing a tendon, strengthening and decreasing pain maybe in a ligament. I can't. Sometimes having your thumb or your finger in a person can really uh, create a lot of sensation. I hate to use the word hurt, but create mm -hmm. a lot of sensation to where that they experience uncomfortableness. Yeah. And by inserting a very small, thin needle into that area and leaving it, you're going to still get that same effect. They're just not going to feel it as much. So it's still going to stimulate the body to respond. Mm -hmm. Well, I just got this picture of boats sitting, waiting for the locks for the water to go out so that they could pass through. <laughs> it's really very, very beautifully put. Somebody asked me about acupuncture. Usually I'll say, well, we're on, you know, the acupuncture is just unblocking stuck areas of chi. Mm -hmm. So are there obviously problems of too much flow, of like a, a deluge of energy somewhere besides, you know, just blocked stuff? And uh -huh. what happens with that kind of okay. energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, what is chi anyway? In case yeah. we don't know, what is chi? And how do you spell it? Everybody's <laughs> got a different answer for that one. Well, really, you know, I, I like to simplify things. I'm more of that foundational type person. Uh, I like to keep it very simple, stupid, you know, we love and that. basically, yep. <laughs> you know, if you think of chi, not as a mysterious, intangible thing out there that, you know, is coming from the heavens and the celestial energy, which, you know, it might be, that's yeah. great. What do we know? But you, we can also think of it as just a functional dynamic in our body of how our cells are interacting with one another, how we interact with each other. Just like when you're sitting in a chair, you're having an interaction with that chair. It's holding you up. You're holding it down, so to speak. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, chi is just that dynamic of how things work together and interact. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a change. And when that chi gets stuck or that energy gets stuck, that's when we get excess in one area, deficiency in another. So um, back to your question was, can you have too much chi? Right. That's kind of what we're talking about. Mm, I, I would yeah. hope I could someday. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, honestly, I think most of us are a little chi deficient. These we're days. All in, we're um, all in a blocked state because we're running full speed, either mentally or physically or both. Mm -hmm. And we're our organ systems are trying to keep up, basically. So have you ever seen anybody with a perfect chi balance? Um. Yeah, I'm sure I have, but I I won't mention any names. Well, you know, martial <laughs> arts instructors. No, we yeah, don't need some names. Of my instructors. Were yeah, very but I mean, what happens in that state? Do you just float away? I mean, <laughs> no. You know, honestly, when when our ground, energy is you know, is normal and perfect. we're balanced, we yeah. don't feel much of anything other than what's coming into us. Um, if, if we don't have pain, uh, we think something's wrong with that. Yeah. But in actuality, when Babies are born when we were all born. We didn't know, we didn't feel things until we scraped our knee or got smacked on the butt for, you know, doing something wrong by our parents. Mm -hmm. And, you know, pain is something that is really described as stagnation in your body. Pain in your mind is just stagnation of your thoughts. So mm -hmm. we have to learn how to address these things, number one, kind of come to terms with them, embrace them, recognize them, and put steps in, in, in process to be able to reach a goal. To clear them. To clear them, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, meditation is a great starting block. Mm -hmm. uh, find a, a form of meditation that works for you. Right. Qigong, cultivating energy through certain exercises and breathing patterns. 
martial arts, Twain on massage, acupuncture, herbs, mm -hmm. and you know any type of body therapy for that matter. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I feel very strongly about microwaves. Using any type of microwave, <laughs> I think it destroys the chi in our food. It scatters so, it. It mm -hmm. breaks it up. Wow. That's literally So if you're does. eating something like that out of the microwave, scattered chi, mm -hmm. does that affect us inside? Does it scatter our chi? I think it does. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, uh, if if uh, blood moves recklessly in the body, like if you have too much heat in your body, you can have something like an aneurysm, right? Chinese medicine, we say the blood moves recklessly and it moves out of the vessels so you can have bleeding. Think about if your food is holistic, healthy, everything is natural, and you consume that, your body can recognize it, it can read it, it can absorb it and excrete it easily without effort, maximizing your energy levels. If you're bringing something into you that's already destroyed, torn apart, broken up, has additives, synthetic things that your body cannot recognize or communicate with, it's not going to know what to do. The energy gets scattered and it goes in the wrong direction. You get digestive disorders, headaches, mental fatigue. You're basically getting nuked. You're basically breaking yourself down and confusing yourself on a, a cellular level. And so your body has to work even harder to try and figure out what's going on. And we end up pushing through to where our body becomes so confused, our mind becomes so confused that we don't know which way to go up or down anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's usually why people go to the doctor right. and they usually get prescribed medication or, you know, some other uh, type of emotional, um, you know, um, regulation, mm -hmm. um, you know, therapy, things like that. Or they can actually kind of take the horses by the reins and start going in a direction of, of health, holistic health, something that's based on a long history, uh, something that's based on tried and true results, you know, and that's where, you know, we meditate. We learn to breathe. So some of the basics are for everyone, air, air. Breathe, breathing correctly. Good breathing's good. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Your, your intake of food, water, what types of food, how good is the water, you mm -hmm. know, and then your, your mindset, how do you think? What are the thoughts that you have on a daily basis? Do you come to terms with them? Do you work with them? Who do you go to get help from? Mm -hmm. You know, have you tried different people? Do you get stuck with one person? I really think you should have a team of people that can help you. I need a team. <laughs> Don't well, we all. I tell you, for our health, we <laughs> yeah, need a team. Yeah, especially if you're going, mm -hmm. if you have something serious, you're going a holistic way. You need a team of people. Always, yeah. always. Yeah. You should it's a village. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, you, we talk in mind-body, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? What falls apart first, the mind or the body? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or is it, can, does it happen at the same time? You know, someone has I bad thoughts, but they're eating carrot juice or mm -hmm. drinking carrot juice. Oh, I right. think it happens at the same time. I mean, I've met a lot of people who eat really well. They're just... Falling apart. I can't use the word I want to use to but. describe the, you know, how their state of mind and how un, how unhappy they are. Mm -hmm. It really is a, uh, is a very strange mix. What do you think, Brandon? Well, I think they go hand in hand, and our society breeds us to mentally go forward, even though our bodies might be breaking down. You know, we, we think, I need a quick fix to get back to work. I need mm. to drink my coffee real quick. I need to have an energy drink. Mm. Are these things good for you? Maybe in moderation and with other foods that might balance them out. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, we go to get that magic pill. We want that magic bullet to get us on track, to be more productive, to move forward, to not really pay attention to our bodies. So what breaks down first? I don't really know, but I know that one of the things that pursues forward is our mindset. We're... No matter what our body's in, we still have to be productive. You know, so we at some point in our life come to a crossroad and have to decide, 
do I want them to be in balance? Do I want my mind, my body, and spirit to move together collectively? Or do I want to kind of drag along my body along the way? Yeah, yeah it's a typical American lifestyle. You know, I'm fascinated by the big stuff and acupuncture, like uh, schizophrenia. You know, have mm-hmm. you seen results with acupuncture with that? And where is a, where's the breakdown happening there for, mm-hmm. for schizophrenics? Do you know? Schizophrenica, schizophrenia is a very complicated issue. Um, it, it's a, a progressive thing at times. And so often I think people are heavily medicated right off the bat mm-hmm. where now the pattern becomes even more mixed. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't tell the front from the back, uh, you know, the left from the right, so to speak. And what I found in my experience is treating schizophrenia is that temporarily you give a person a sense of grounding a place where they can revisit of that calm, that relaxation of everything's okay. It might be an hour, but it's that one extra hour in that day or week or month that maybe they wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. And I think that is kind of an important topic for us is do we take the time to experience these things that we actually want or are we always frantic-y and panicky trying to someday achieve something that's out there? You know, in order for us to be able to move forward, we've got to experience that now mm-hmm. to make that change in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's why these forms of therapy are so great. It, it gives us that little piece. You know, if I only spend five minutes a day meditating, that's five more minutes than if I hadn't. And that's five minutes that I maybe was able to move away from my stress, my worries, my concerns. A place we know is possible. Mm-hmm. A place yeah. you can refer back to during the day uh, so yeah. you can have a little hope that everything is okay. A lot of times we just talk ourselves into a total frenzy yeah. because we don't and have the news. that. We don't have, oh, well, we <laughs> the don't have the, uh, <laughs> the, the benefit or the, or the uh, discipline uh, as Americans of, you know, that quiet time for ourselves. We always feel like we have to be doing something or else something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And our minds are very noisy. So it's really hard for us to be quiet and we, still. Yeah, we really have to practice both sides of it. You know, mm. it, I feel like there's something wrong if I don't have quiet, if I don't have calm and peace, mm-hmm. rather than if I'm not doing something. You know, at first it felt a little awkward to me. Oh, yeah. I'm taking time out for myself to relax and tune in mm-hmm. or tune out, so to speak, from my in- external environment. Mm-hmm. And at first that's a little bit awkward, but I think the more that you do it and you live it, the more it becomes a part of your everyday life. And now you're traveling through life consciously. Mm-hmm. You're more aware of self, which make makes you more aware of your external environment and how to interact with it. Yeah, and just like anything else, you talked yourself into being, you know, a very stressed person. Uh, people almost walk around with it like a badge. Mm-hmm. But once you do start to learn how important and how nice it is, really, just very simple to have some time to yourself, then you start feeling, oh, well, you know, what's wrong with me today? I've just been too, out there too much and not I have not given myself that nurturing energy um, reboot you know, I don't treat myself as well as my computer or my car. Mm-hmm. As a, you know, so I need to just settle down here and restart my day. I see people wear il- illness as a badge sometimes too. Like oh, wear illness as a badge. Are you I'm kidding? I'm so much pain today, and yeah. I love it. It's like they forget that they there's another way to live because they're so used to. And a lot of people, you know, identify themselves with their illnesses and ailments, and they don't know what else to talk about if mm-hmm. they felt good. This becomes like a a habit in the brain, the nervous system is so stimulated by that pain 
that without it, you almost feel like something's really wrong mm-hmm. or that you don't trust it. You know, yeah, clients abs- like that. Yeah. Go, oh, I feel I'm good. Feeling, I feel good. Now, I don't know <laughs> if that's going to last very long. Almost I think as it's if they, cancer. Yeah, right? You know, I just don't know. <laughs> we were we just did our, um, this is interesting. I have a student, uh, well, I had, he just finished last night, who's an acupuncturist and he's taking advanced massage courses at our, our school. And he did his, every one of them has to do a case report. Case reports were brilliant, by the way, this time. I mean, I was standing up there going, you must publish this. <laughs> and he did his on, uh, he compared acupuncture to massage in treating trigger finger. And it was very clever the way he did it. His patient had had a um, trigger thumb on one hand and a trigger finger on the other hand. So he treated her every other week with one or the other. And it was interesting, his results were that the first treatment with massage had settled the pain down um, almost to zero um, with the massage. And and the acupuncture was very effective, but it took a little longer. Now, again, this could be just that individual results, you know, who knows what kind of factors. But I just love the fact that he compared acupuncture to massage. He found very good results with both, but that the... Uh, it was interesting to us because we thought, you know, you always think, okay, he's going to, you know, acupuncture is, you know, he's going to be biased. But he said that the massage, that first massage settled the pain down, that very first treatment. And the trigger finger or trigger thumb in this case uh, settled down and kind of stayed like that uh, mm-hmm. for the six weeks, I think, he, he treated her for. But I'm just excited to see that the combination of therapies are so beneficial and you just don't know what's going to help until until you've tried it, and there there are good practitioners and and crazy practitioners and everything in between. Just like every every um, practice, you know, there are good lawyers, there are lawyers that are not so. Mm. Um, but what you want is effectiveness. But you also want to go to somebody who um, who you know cares. Don't you think, Brandon, that that part, that trust, and that comfort that you have with a particular practitioner is really a big part of your recovery or your, you know, I, I, I think it is because I certainly know the difference of going to, you know, when you go to a doctor and they sort of, okay, um, yeah, and they're very impatient with you and you can't ask any questions, right away you just want to run out of there screaming and say, forget about <laughs> this. Yeah. You can find the same thing with alternative practitioners with uh, with integrative practitioners as well, and I think it's awful, but it's it's certainly a big part of why I think a big part of people's recovery is that trust that's developed. Yeah, I think that's a really important part. I, I know for myself, when I go to seek out a practitioner, mm-hmm. and that's one of the most important things I'm looking for, just having the sense of a place that I can go with a person that I can trust to objectively you know, evaluate me and give me feedback on what's going on. You know, we're, we're all our worst critics, so we can never really tell clearly. We're a little bit jaded when it comes to our own health and how well For we're sure. doing in our lives. So we yeah. need people that we can trust and go to. And just that in itself makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't get treatment as much as I, I often should, as most body workers don't. Right, right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's probably a big chuckle out there against everybody. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, guilty of that, you know, sure. but... Just knowing that we have that team out there, that we have the understanding of the therapies that are available to us helps us and prevents worry, fear, mm. you know. Um, those are big keys, uh, just that emotional comfort. Yeah. Not to mention that when you go there, you can be honest with them. 
you can be vulnerable to allow them to provide the care that they do that you trust is going to give you the outcome that you're looking for. Yeah. It's a huge, huge part of it. And you should always, always feel that connection with any provider. Yeah, Eastern, or Western. walk away because there's yeah. others out there Absolutely. that where you can get that. Mm-hmm. And and that sort of non-judgmental care mm-hmm. that that um, I think goes hand in hand with any any hope of correcting our medical system. Uh, I mean, to be berated by a practitioner, any type, is the, uh, to me the number one reason I'm going to turn around and walk right out that door because, you know, I grew up with this, this kind of... Uh, Physicians, even dentists, you know, who were just very rude. There was a dental ad that I read the other day that said the number one of the number one reasons people don't go to the dentist is because they're afraid of that. Well, well, it's about time you got your gums are in the terrible guilt the guilt. <laughs> And she advertised that she will not do that. I bet she gets a lot mm-hmm. of customers just because they don't want to go in there and get a, you know, to get berated by somebody. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a fine yeah. line being a practitioner of being able mm-hmm. to support a person and provide them with feedback that can allow them to make changes in their life and making them feel bad, making them right. feel guilty, making them feel less. There's a, there's a fine line for practitioners. And I'm, some of us have good days, some of us have bad days. I think right. that's what makes us all therapists. Well, yeah. You know, and, and that's the evolution of it. And mm-hmm. as we go down the road, we can find different methods to to help educate the client. And I think that's really what it comes down to is educate them. Education without... And, and um, be objective about it. Right. And without that, you know... And the point I'm trying to make is that a lot of times, don't you notice this too, Don, that people will come in and they will will give you the... They will speak so badly about themselves. You know, they say, mm-hmm. well, you know, I'm just really horrible about doing my stretches and I, you know, I've done this and that. And they kind of do this confession thing and um, almost as if, you know, listen, before you tell me how bad my I'm in shape, I'm going to tell you, you know, and that's where, you know, you just inject love. That's where I just kind of give them a love shot and say, you know what, don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, blah, blah, blah. And then you, you have your, your voice, the tone of voice, your eye contact, um, you know, and it's, to me, it sets up the session knowing, okay, this person needs a lot of love and it has to start with themselves. Mm-hmm. So. Well, there's the other end of other end of the, the spectrum, <laughs> the Uber athletes, you know, they come in, they're oh, dying mm-hmm. and I'll just beg them to take a week off from running. Oh no, oh, I got to no. be the best. <laughs> well, to me, some of that is a little bit of an addiction to adrenaline yeah. as well. You know, there's that other part of it that almost as if they're more comfortable if they're in a little pain. Mm-hmm. Again. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Brandon, do you get frustrated? I know that um, acupuncture and that type of you know, working with chi can take a lot of time. And I, it's hard for people to accept that or roll with that time that it takes to get better. And do you see that a lot? With it? Well, I, I never get frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I am in who perfect doesn't chi. These days? Yeah. <laughs> uh, frustration is, you know, one way to approach it. You know, I, it, it's a challenge, you know, is how I like to see it. And, mm. um, Sometimes it, it's instantaneous. Mm. You know, I That's can't tell right. you how many times somebody comes in with a headache. You know, I, I would probably 90% of the headaches I treat are gone after one treatment awesome. or severely reduced. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't guarantee anything, but I can just go based on my own experiences. Something I kind of migrate towards treating uh, just comes down to a lot of stagnation usually. Okay. So mm-hmm. with all that said, um, yeah, sometimes people are so resistant to getting better. 
that mm-hmm. they can actually block their own energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so you, know, you can work on them all you want, but they're they got their make, own. You might make block. a step forward. You're going to end up probably taking two back okay. or two forward, one back. You know, yeah. and in yeah. those people, you really have to treat it like water on a rock. You want to slowly, progressively steer them in the right direction and and be compassionate, be there for them, be committed to their health. And you mm-hmm. have to say that I'm committed to helping you. What's your commitment level? Mm-hmm. Well, I think once you make them accountable for their own health, right away there's the shift that happens mm-hmm. and they now want to be accountable a little bit more, even if it's just a little tiny yeah. bit. And if it's to please you at first, fine, as long right. as it works. Yeah, yeah. You can use me as a crutch. That's mm-hmm. kind of what mm-hmm. we're, we're, as a therapist, what I'm here for. Right. And I think, you know, once they start to see a small change, that's right. very significant for them because they're not used them. to any change at all. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's when the magic starts to happen. That's when that energy starts to flow naturally on its own, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to give them practices where you might get a, a little bit of energy moving around, but they need to keep it moving. You need to give them exercises. Educate uh, them. Yeah, educate mm-hmm. them. Things to work on, practices. Yeah, educating clients and in, in a very um, non-patronizing way. Mm-hmm. You know, this is another thing. Because um, they will do that too. They'll patronize themselves. And you're like, wow, this person really is tough on themselves. And Yeah, we have yeah. to remind them, you know, you don't have to overdo it And when mm-hmm. you're first starting out. Try something different. Maybe if it's just a stretch for two minutes. You don't have to do it for 15 or 20 or 30 minutes every day. You right. know, try a couple of minutes three times a week. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's most convenient for you, the best time, and, and stay committed to that time. Mm-hmm. And, and then for they, the, yeah, they start for the to see those person, results. For the average person, this is very effective. We were not born with health club memberships tattooed <laughs> to or, you know, imprinted on our chest. Or I say, a good walk. You know, simple mm-hmm. things. Uh, do I have to join a gym? Do I have no? You know, you just you're a human being. You have to keep it simple, as you said before. And we live yeah. in Colorado. You yeah. have great resources here for fresh air. Remember again, fresh air and right. the quality of your breath is one of the most important tools that we have. Mm-hmm. Each one of us has that everywhere we go, and that's something that will regulate all the other systems in your body is breathing correctly. Imagine and what that. great bre- uh, great air do we have here to breathe? Right, you, you know? know, and uh, we can turn our head one way and see the beautiful mountains and a mm-hmm. blue sky. And I mean, we have it made. And with, I mean, I woke up this morning and I'm still very sad over what's going on in Japan and and all this. But, you know, we have to, ha- people can do that. They can also talk themselves into this frenzy. I wanted to ask you one more thing before we're kind of getting done here. Um, uh, over treatment. Uh, you know, even myself, even after all these years, I can tend to get a little over rambunctious with somebody who's got, like, say, chronic headaches, and they present with these really tight suboccipitals, and oh, I want to put them in a vice grip and get, and that could have different <laughs> results with like every person will get up and say, "Hey, oh man, you just saved my life," mm-hmm. and they're good. The ne- other the person's going to call you two days later and say, "Oh, my head feels like it's going to. What did you do to me?" I mean, is the, can I imagine that you would um, find that? You're teaching your students too the the warnings about overtreatment and maybe being a little too uh, aggressive. Aggressive might not be the word, but but do, trying to do too much in that first treatment, especially. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a real common thing for students. Uh, we graduate with school with all these ideas, all these concepts that we've just touched on. And one of my recommendations to everybody is just you know keep it very simple, mm-hmm. keep it very basic. Go back to the fundamentals. You know the. The broader and the deeper the foundation, the higher the high rise, ultimately. And we have to approach the medicine that same way. That's where it all came from. Twena goes back 3,000 years to people who would be farming, would be hunting, and, and living in villages in a communal setting. And when there were injuries, they found 
if a person put their hands on the other person and squeezed an area or pressed an area or pushed in a certain direction, the pain levels dropped. The, the tish- first medicine man. <laughs> One of them, you know, mm-hmm. the colors of the skin changed. And right. so we have to go back to simplicity and patience when we're starting out. Mm-hmm. I, I think that too little would be uh, more beneficial than too much in mm. the start because you don't know the patterns. You don't want to facilitate the wrong direction. Yeah, and you know, I've, we're trying to get someone in here for about the orthobiotomy and the few classes I've taken with that. I've taken three of those classes. They uh, emphasize that tremendously. Like we can't have too many releases at once or the body doesn't know what to do with it and goes right back to where it was. So right. one or two good big releases. Next Next session move on to different parts that need to be released. Yeah. Yeah, Not only that, but there's an emotional component as well, you know, and I caution a lot of my patients when they leave of there might be something that comes up during the treatment or after or later on when you're at home. And I say, be careful if you find yourself upset about watching the news and crying or maybe yelling at your spouse or waving your hand at somebody on the freeway, you know, and those are things that later on they come back and say, you know what? I got in an argument with my spouse and I kept in mind what you had said and I redirected that conversation nice. and the outcome changed. Nice. You know, so we always have to educate and warn them right. and be careful as a practitioner not to bring too much up too soon. Yes. You know, over treatment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think Thank about you. regulation. That's the real important part of this regulating mm-hmm. the body. Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, every uh, episode we like to have a tip of the week for our listeners. And do you have any tips on? self-care anything anything at all uh, for well, our don't listeners. drink and drive is the first one tonight. yeah that's <laughs> right say pat he's dead don't i've already uh, driven by a couple of places on the way here know, and the parking lots wasted. are full <laughs> at a, uh you know my tip of my tip for you know most people are think of the the most important fundamentals that we all carry every day okay water how much water and the quality of the water are you drinking it out of the faucet yeah, well, when it leaves the plant, it's clean, but the pipeline getting it to you is the part you got to worry about. Okay, mm-hmm. number two, the foods that you eat, are you consciously paying attention to the amounts and the quality and, and the history of that food? Uh, number three, what, what's your emotional state? What are you thinking on a daily basis? What are some of the things that you can put into place to put that into the direction that you want to go with it? Mm-hmm. Do they match? Are your thoughts matching with the outcome that you want to receive? And then the last thing is, you know, what's your your social and uh, support network? Who are the people you hang around with? What's your external environment? You know, mm-hmm. pay attention to these few things and they'll really start to make a change in your life and, and get you into the place that you want to be. Right. Thank you okay. so, so much. That's a great tip. Very good tip. That's, okay. uh, you know. What was that last thing you said? Was keep pay attention to your external environment, to, your social yeah. setting, and your your uh, your health. They'll network. keep you where you want to be and keep you off Prozac. And they should, yeah, yeah, yeah. unless that's where you want to go. That's up to you. Okay, thank Awareness you so much. Is key. Yeah, yeah, we have so much uh, external stimuli that we're not even paying attention to that. I wow, know. I have to catch myself. That wonderful, wonderful. That too. Uh, that's I just great love advice. the way you 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 put things. I mean, paint yeah. beautiful oh, pictures you. and. And um, this was very, very informative. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Brandon, so much for Thank being you, here today. Appreciate it. Um, you've been listening to the Massage Podcast, and you can find us at the massage. I'm sorry, at massagepodcast.com. Leave us a text message or a voicemail at three zero three six five six nine eight six zero, and come follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We have lots of past shows, and uh, if you're listening and you miss this show. You can go find us on massagepodcast.com. <laughs> we're going to see a, you again, what, a couple of weeks? 
uh, yep, couple of weeks, and we don't. We'll let you know on our website who we will have as a guest at that time. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye bye. Bye.